DJ and PK, we're brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Time to welcome in Frank Dolce, Ute Insider for the Zone Sports Network, former Ute quarterback. Frank, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Nice to catch up with you. Good to catch up with you. I'm curious, do you feel better about your Utes after uh, watching them take that 21-point lead at Washington or all the turnovers and the way the game gave the game away just frustrates you beyond belief? <laughs> yes. I think probably I feel uh, both ways a little bit. You know, the, the, uh, the first half of play looked pretty good, and it felt like um, Utah solved a lot of their problems from game one and and then it wasn't like i mean it it wasn't like a complete collapse by utah that that would be ridiculous to say they didn't they certainly didn't play as well in the second half i think they relaxed a little bit i think it's difficult to overcome youth and inexperience but washington came out and changed the game and they changed the game at the line of scrimmage and they changed the game with making sure that their best offensive weapon found the ball several times. And, uh, and they, they just took control of it. So it was, you know, it was a combination of Utah not playing as well in the second half and Washington playing much better in the, in the second half. So I guess all in all, I feel like this, the way that I graded it after the game was this is in this crazy year when Utah's only going to get four or five games in. It's a rebuilding year for Utah. I don't think we I don't think I have any other expectations of this football team. I was hopeful at the beginning of the year that some of the pieces would fall into place and they haven't necessarily fallen into place for lots of different reasons. So that's how I would grade it. A rebuilding year. I saw lots of positive things um, the other night against Washington. No question it's a rebuilding year combined with the fact that it's a screwy year, so it's hard to go crazy on the outcomes of these games. But one thing that really sucks for me, for the Utah perspective, is not being able to see Cam Rising develop. I think that's a blow because my guess is Bentley is a one and dunner and he goes back to East Coast where he's from. And we don't have Rising being able to build on this season, and that really bothers me. It would have been that would have been really nice, a luxury for Utah to have Rising get this experience, the game experience, and the speed of the game, and understanding some of the things that happen, and and understanding coaching during in in game. So all of those things would have been a really nice, a really nice bonus for Utah. Um, and and so now maybe he. He's not quite where he'd like to be starting out next next football season. I think of all the things in terms of personnel that are happening right now, that may be the most damaging. And to say damaging sounds super dramatic and everything else, but but it, it's probably the biggest blow that Utah will face in terms of personnel at that position group. 
You know, I thought this was a rebuilding year uh, as soon as last year ended. They were just going to lose so many guys. And so I didn't have any expectations of them winning the division a third year in a row. Nobody's done that. But I thought they could still get a lot done this year. I thought they had a chance to play eight games with a bowl. Now we've seen two games wiped out. That takes you down to six. They're probably not going bowling, partly because of the way they're playing and partly because it looks like the Pac-12 bowl tie-ins are mostly... Not mostly, but several of them aren't going, at least three, and maybe there'll be a fourth one that isn't even going to be played this year. So now you're down to five games. So I wonder, and, and to PK's point, you know, the, quarter, the, the presumed starting quarterback next year is down to 14 plays. So do you think they really are improving that much? You see that much improvement from game one to two? Are we going to keep seeing that kind of improvement because it's a young team and there's so much room to grow? Or is it really not even that good of a rebuilding year? Well, it's not... It's not a great rebuilding year because you don't get the the depth and breadth because you're limited on the number of games. Um, it's a it's a nice rebuilding year because you get some experience, you get some games, and it, you know it looks like Utah's going to face in their next couple opponents teams that have been fairly successful this year, and and, and maybe teams that we didn't think were going to be so successful this year. So I think that. That experience is really difficult to to manage outside of a game. You just can't get that type of experience outside of a game in a game atmosphere, even though it's a little a little bit strange this year. So I think it's really valuable, and I think there has been improvement, and especially for especially for guys who haven't been around the program, especially for guys like the, the guys who are lining up in the defensive secondary, who are all you know, really young, and some of them coming straight straight out of high school and, and playing in this in this type of atmosphere. So uh, I, I think those things are, are really valuable. I think it's valuable that, that Utah went through the experience that they had with Washington. But my feeling was that, or it still is, that Utah played a really good first half um, and went into the locker room, and a lot of youth and inexperience in, in kind of took a breath at halftime and said, "Man, we we're really doing well. We're we're in this thing. We're playing really well." And that human nature, you have a tendency to relax in that scenario. Well, you just can't relax in four quarter a four quarter football game, and you saw the result of that. I think that's a an experience that guys will will learn a lesson from, and and hopefully that will be valuable in the future. So the three quarterbacks that were vying for the position, Utah didn't offer, or maybe they did offer, but they didn't sign any of them to scholarships out of high school. And we see, you know, Tuttle's going to get a start this week, and we know that story, and we know that he wanted to come, but he didn't want anybody else. And so Utah didn't offer Zach Wilson. He's blown up down there in Provo. And we got maybe a similar situation this year. What is your philosophy on terms of offering quarterbacks, and should it be you just zero in on one? No, I think you. I think Utah got themselves in trouble a little bit because of the Tuttle situation. It's like you know the the program bowing to the player um, rather than the program just building the program and putting the putting the right players in in place, and that whole thing exploded. And so when, and, and that's kind of a funny thing. I mean, it doesn't feel like a Coach Whittingham kind of situation to have somebody make all of these demands and then the, and then the program, you know, bow down to those demands. It just didn't, it, the whole thing didn't 
feel right. And, and then here's the result. And maybe, you know, you know, maybe it turned out differently. Another way we would be talking about it differently, but it didn't. And so, so I think that moving forward that you, you find it's just like any position group. I mean, you don't go out and Utah doesn't go out and recruit a running back and then not, and then stop recruiting running backs. They go out and they load up the running back group. And so the guys that we thought would probably be the starters this year, Brumfield and Wilmore, well, it looks like they may, they may not be the starters moving forward because they have another guy. So, so the philosophy to me should be, um, you know, the cream rises to the top and you just go out and find all the best talent you can and, and bring them in and then and let those guys battle it out and, and whoever wins the competition wins. And if a four-star you've never been able to get before um, bolts in the meantime because of that, oh, well. Because that is the downside. <laughs> like, why can't they get a four-star? Those guys just yeah. won't put up with that. They'll put up with it if your yeah. name is USC, but they won't put up with it if your name is 10 other schools in the conference. Yeah, but, but you know, to go along with that, this program is not built on four-stars. Coach Whittingham hasn't built a program program on four stars. It's not USC. It's uh, not agreed, necessarily agreed, but it hasn't Washington been built Oregon. But, but it hasn't been built on good quarterbacking since you either, Frank. And if they had it, <laughs> they might hit a level that you'd fans crave, but just can't routinely get. I'm just I'm just glad they didn't have the star system. Maybe they did, and I just wasn't aware of it way back when. But. Uh, that that could have been severely disappointing for Utah fans to to bring that star in, but but uh, yeah, I I so um, I I don't know. I I just I don't know that. Like I've always said that that I I like the philosophy of David Shaw. I I, I don't know that that um, that Stanford always does it. It always gets. The, the job done, I, but I like the way David Shaw does it because he knows what he is, he knows what that program is, he goes out and, to re, and he recruits to that, and he recruits under the most, I think, some of the most difficult circumstances, J- just because of the, the academic requirements. So, but, but he builds a program based on good offensive line play, good defensive line play, good front seven on the defensive side, and tries to find a really good running back, really good tight end, and a quarterback that can manage, that is smart and can manage all of that and doesn't, you know, doesn't have to be a superstar. Andrew Luck is the anomaly at, at Stanford. John Elway is, the, is I think, is the anomaly at, at, at Stanford. I don't think that Utah has to have a superstar at quarterback to be really successful. They can be superstars in lots of other position groups. And if you're a superstar in five out of six position groups, that's, that's, a, that's a win. And maybe that doesn't include the quarterback position. I think they need to be good at quarterback, absolutely. Above average at quarterback, for sure. I mean, but, but to say that Utah needs a superstar at the quarterback position, to me, it's a luxury. It's not a necessity. So how much does rep play into that? Because Stanford, it seems like they've been able to do that, as you say, over a number of years. And, you know, last year they weren't successful. But other than that, they've been pretty successful. 
where it seems like with Utah, man, it's just a struggle to get somebody in here who can play. Well, I mean, there is a little bit of a different allure to Stanford as well. So, uh, I mean, you probably have, um, just because of the academic reputation, uh, you probably have a little bit more of a, of a pick um, at Stanford. I think at, you're at underestimating. Position. I think you're underestimating Utah's sociology program. <laughs> you may be right. Uh, I I'll have to look into that. I will fully admit that I I am not familiar with the uh, national rankings of that program. So, and the other t- the other thing is along with that, uh, not only does Stanford ha- have a little bit of clout. With, because of the reputation of the institution, and and Tiger Woods is an alum, along with you know several other guys like that. Uh, to your point, DJ, Utah just doesn't have a, you know this history of producing um, NFL type quarterbacks. It just it, you know it's not it's just not been in the in the makeup of the of the program. And so that that is something I you know I I would have to think that recruits today look at like am I going to take the step from Utah and then go play in the NFL if you're the quarterback position group you look at that and you think well you know 50-50 it's it's not a it's not a guarantee so and that's but that's true of lots of that's true of lots of college football programs anyway I I just feel like um you know Utah at the quarterback position group that has to be it has to be a, a you know, a competent individual running that position, an athletic individual, you know, a guy that's fairly gifted at that position group. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that, it, you know, that it has to be a superstar for Utah to be really successful as a football program. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, but I just think we, the, the passing game for multiple reasons – uh, has been below average for most of the time they've been in the Pac-12. And when it's gotten to the point that it's been average or a little above average, they've found themselves in the Pac-12 championship game. So mm-hmm. uh, it would be great if they had NFL quarterbacks because they had one in Alex Smith and they went undefeated. So I'm, I'm all for it. I get your point that that's going to be hard to do. But when you look at what's holding Utah back now, they have upgraded so many things – that that's what we're left with. You know, people used to complain about the linebackers. Well, hasn't it been four or five years since anyone's complained about the linebackers? Linebackers are pretty good. Nobody's complaining about Devin Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. Devin Lloyd's pretty good, you know? Yeah. Nobody's complaining yeah. about Cody Barton's last year at the U. He was really good, and there's a whole list of those guys. So it's like, what's left to upgrade? Well, it's not tight end. It's receiver and quarterback. That's it. I think everybody feels really good about everything else. I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. Um, but I also wouldn't agree that that is what is necessarily, I mean, I think that's where the, if you're going to improve the team, then those are the position groups where you find improvement. Um, does that determine the success of the program? I, I, I'm not necessarily willing to, to go that far. I think it's, certainly helpful. Brian Johnson went undefeated. Mm-hmm. And 
all with all due respect to Brian Johnson, he was not an NFL quarterback. Well, especially with all I the injuries. I never thought he was an NFL. Yeah, with all well, the injuries he had, he was athletically he wasn't what he was when he showed up. But he was maybe, doing. He was maybe. Having, maybe. I, I won't ever I don't think I'd ever agree with you on that. We could debate that back and forth. I always thought Brian Johnson was a fantastic football player, a fantastic football mind. I I I also thought that um he was limited in his tools and 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 so that was going to be a factor if if he was if he had a chance to play at the next yeah. level. Um but but um so, so the point is, I mean, maybe we, you and I, do that, you know, agree to disagree thing, but, but I, I feel like Utah can be really good in in lots of position groups, and they are, and and like you've said, they have done really well in in building up what we previously considered weaknesses, like the linebacker group, like once upon a time the defensive backfield, which is now. A strength. Seems to be yearly a strength for for Utah. So um, so can they do that at the quarterback position? They probably can. Should they focus on that at the quarterback position? Yeah, absolutely. People generally agree that it's the most important position group on the football field. Um, and so, but will they do that? I don't know. I mean, and and is it necessary for them for them to do that? I think that is the the question I get to. Uh, is is I don't think there's a necessity. It, it feels more like a luxury. Would it be helpful? Would it help improve the, the football team and some aspects of the of the offensive game plan? Yes, but I just don't feel like it's a requirement for the success of the program. So with that in mind, you know, as far as this being a rebuilding season, and I'm fully on board with that. I've been saying it for weeks. And I'm not going to put as much stock in that, but even as I say that, I think, man, this team better beat Oregon State on Saturday. Well, uh, so maybe part of the reason I labeled this uh, a rebuilding year is so <laughs> is so that I didn't put that expectation on Utah to beat Oregon State. On Saturday, I think Utah has to figure out how to win these last couple games. I think that would be significant for the football program, um, and especially the way that Oregon State is playing right now and what they did with Oregon last week. I thought that was really interesting, fun, fun to watch that, and fun to see that occur. So, um, does do, do I think that Utah needs to win this game? I don't. You know, I don't think it. Like I said, it's about the quarterback position. I don't think it's a necessity, but it, I think it would. I think it would be. It would be really helpful. It would go a long way in helping to build the stability of this particular group, not the stability of the program. I think this is still the most stable kind of program in the Pac-12, but the stability of this particular group of football players, and maybe if this group goes out. And wins a couple games, then you have a you you have you might have a couple guys who have the opportunity to leave, think about staying, and think about moving moving along into next season and really putting trying to put something together. Because I think I think the talent is there on this football team, but with all of the you know the youth, the inexperience, the craziness of this year, and some of the injuries they faced in game one. 
um, then it's a really difficult challenge for, for 2020. I think that's the thing that everyone can see is that, to PK's point, I don't think they have to beat Oregon State because Oregon State's Oregon State. I think Oregon State is getting better. Uh, but you, just, you don't want a three-game losing streak. You don't want to be 0-3. you got to beat somebody. Uh, Oregon State just happens to be next, but, you know, if you, you got to yeah. be somebody. So yeah. there's that. I, but I do think that the eyeball test, they've got a lot of athletes all over the field. It hasn't added up to wins yet, but it should. And if they make another step forward like they made last week, then inevitably they're going to end up in a pretty good place. But Jamar Well, G- if they play – yeah. I, I think if they play two halves of football like they played against Washington in the first half, then it's a really they're, – they're a tough out. No, no question about it, and it, it's just a matter of if they can if they can learn from that experience, and and take that you know take a lead into halftime and figure out how to finish another team off. That's that's a I think that's a huge question mark. That's one of the the evolution of this football team. I think we'll we'll see on Saturday. But Jamar Jefferson's a really good running back, so this is a major really test, good major test for the defense. He's very good. really good. Well. So I think that's the I think that's the matchup. I mean, I think we talked about that with Washington. Is Washington was running the ball really effectively prior to the game against Utah, and I thought it was a good matchup with Utah because Utah's number one priority on defense is to stop the run. So and they did that, and they they put it on the they put it on the hands of the shoulders of the quarterback, and then you know the quarterback beat them. So. So I think that it's, it's a good matchup for Utah on Saturday, even though it's fantastic running back, fantastic running game. I'm, I'm as excited about watching, watching Oregon State's running attack as I am anything else in this game. I just love that part of the football game. So that will be, I think that will be a very, very interesting battle to watch, how Utah manages the run game. Um, against Oregon State, and if they can then, if Oregon State is forced to pass, if the defensive secondary has learned some lessons from a week ago about how to, how to slow the passing game down a little bit. Frank, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. By the way, I think you two are superstars, and the show <laughs> wouldn't survive without you. Uh, y'all could make it happen. Don't kid yourself. He would find a way. Are you certified? Are you a certified agent, Frank? I I, I think I could be. I'll have to Good. Google it. Okay, I may call you here in a little while. <laughs> Google it. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, guys. Great to catch up.